You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Bill Park. Go to BillPark.com. Use the promo code Locked On. One word, you'll get 20% off your next order. It's Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Brack. Follow my co-host Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner. He's got all the Deshaun Watson hot takes you need and more. We're going to get into it. The story that won't go away, Deshaun Watson continues to be kind of... Um, Held out there for all the QB-hungry teams to f- just fantasize about what it would be like if Deshaun Watson were on their squad. And could he be coming to the NFC West? And do the Arizona Cardinals need to be proactive and making sure that doesn't happen? Uh, we're not the Houston Texans Locked On podcast, but it's an interesting story that we need to follow along with. Because if Deshaun Watson comes to the NFC West, uh, it's going to be a problem. Any any team he goes to, that division They've got an issue as far as the opposing quarterback uh, that they're going to face at least twice a season. We'll look at what the uh, NFC, or not the NFC playoffs, what the playoffs told us about the Arizona Cardinals. Should you feel less angry about how their season ended with another stellar performance from the Los Angeles Rams defense? We'll get into that conversation as well. And, um, Alex, let's start off with it first with uh, some congratulations because I know. Buda Baker, DeAndre Hopkins have been waiting for this podcast, for their pat on the back from us for their all pro seasons. Yeah. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins looked to be a shoe in for the, uh, for the first team uh, kind of waned towards the tail end of the season, had some peaks, had some flip offs at the end. But uh, I mean, Buda Baker has been one of the best, if not the best safeties in the NFL all year. It's, it's a, it's kind of, it's kind of incredible to see his – I mean, we can call it a meteoric rise at this point, right? From from where he started to where he is now, he slowly and incrementally got better and better every year. And the dude's a stud, and he's the anchor of this defense, and he will be for years to come. So um, good for them. Kudos. Some pro bowlers, some all pro guys. Uh, it's a nice – Nice little tip of the hat to a team that had an otherwise pretty uh, unsatisfying season. Yeah, it's putting things kind of in perspective. There were some great uh, just personal performances from these guys. Buda Baker did it to where his his performance really impacted the game, uh, propelled this team to some serious wins, and even put them into this playoff conversation that uh, they fell short on. But yeah, Buda Baker... He just emerged, and there was a conversation before the season that he was never even a part of, and now he absolutely is in that conversation as one of the premier safeties in the league. I even think that uh, there's an argument to be made that he hurdled a guy like Jamal Adams. I think that the ability for him to get into the backfield and be disruptive, plus be dropping back into coverage, and uh, 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 just an aspect of the, his game that fell short in the previous couple of seasons arrived in 2020 where he made some plays in the past game, picked off a couple of passes, including the one Russell Wilson, where, you know, there's of course just the video of DK Metcalf chasing him down, but just the play made before that was impressive by Buda Baker. It gets overshadowed. He, he's just one of the best safeties in the league. And uh, that's, that's got That's just fun. That's just a fun little thing to have. If you're a fan of the Arizona Cardinals that you can say, Oh yeah, well we got one of those guys. We've got one of those ballers like like Buda Baker, and then on the other side of the ball as far as DeAndre Hopkins. Now, 
Now you've got it. You know, Kyler Murray had a nice season. He improved. But you know who the pieces are, Alex, now. Like, you know who the guys are that you can move forward with. I think uh, outside of that, you know, everybody else is expendable in trying to rework things to transform this team and to take the next step. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals have skipped leg day. Let's just put it that way. They're top-heavy. <laughs> um, it, it's something that, uh, that's been the deal with the Cardinals for a long time now. Bo, just different names, different faces, but this is not a deep team and hasn't been for pretty much the entirety of Steve Kimes' tenure. You have stars, and you are, I don't want to say wasting their careers, but wasting their careers, if if, if you're going to compare it directly, correlate it directly to actually have winning uh, in, in, in the postseason, be part of their resume. Like, 2015 was great, okay? Went on a run, got absolutely annihilated in the conference championship game against a team that wasn't that much better than the Cardinals. Oh, come on. They were 15-1. You know, they were 15-1 so, Carolina Panthers squad. It was peak okay. Luke Keekley. Uh, the Cardinals went without Tyron Matthew. Let's not let's not like turn a blind eye to that the Cardinals weren't at full strength. And, I, and I'll disagree with that. Like the 2014 Arizona Cardinals team, and they were kind of um, highlighted a little bit during the, the, the Super Wild Card weekend because with the Washington football team being a sub-500 team, the last sub-500 team to win in the playoffs was against the Arizona Cardinals in 2014, and that was when they were just absolutely ravaged by injury, and Ryan Lindley was under center for that game. So uh, it was a little misleading when they talked about that game, but that team was deep because that was the next man up mentality the entire season. Like They they were dropping like flies, but the team just kept on winning. They won 11 games. But no, I, I think that that's a true indictment on, you know, their inability to draft guys. You know, their inability to, to find um, just depth through the draft because that's where it comes from. Like, yeah, you go out there and you and you get those beach muscles. You get the DeAndre Hopkins guys. You 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 have your top pick in, in Kyler Murray, and then you fill in the gaps with your drafting and your savvy moves in free agency. Steve Kime hasn't been able to do that yet, and to to expect that he's just you're just going to wave a magic wand and he's going to have that ability to scout and find those players necessary to fill in those gaps it, it, it's a little unrealistic unreali- but hey some sometimes things happen but the window's closing i mean and we're seeing it as we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson i mean that window just cl- shut slammed shut on the Houston Texans and now they're staring down they're at a crossroads Alex where they're either going to have to figure out are they going to trade De- Deshaun Watson for just a boatload of picks, or are they going to have to, with his contract in place, find a way to build around him using the draft? Um, and it's just your assets just they start to dry up just a little bit because of the how much money you have to play the quarterback position. And the Cardinals, I mean that that window is closing quickly because Kyler Murray now is in year two of his four- to five-year contract. He has the, the four years and then the fifth-year option, which if you get to the point where you're using that, uh, that's another conversation that, you know, that Kyler Murray might show you enough to where you're already voiding that year and locking him into a, a lucrative extension. It's just an, it's just interesting to me. But the the Texans are kind of the – where you if you don't draft well enough, you know, you could have whoever – you could have a superstar under center in the shotgun, but – you're going to win four games because your defense is atrocious. You don't have any depth on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, 
No, it's true, and it's it, it's hard to build depth in Houston when you don't have a first or second round pick this year. <laughs> I mean, it, it, seriously, it's like this is why when I brought this up, I found the tweet. I talk, started talking about this in March of this past year, and it was before the season started. And it's like, listen, they've they've got themselves in draft hell because they traded for something that didn't work, and then Bill O'Brien decided as a as a bon voyage to trade their best player, not named Deshaun Watson. And J.J. Watt's going to retire. They're probably – I mean, he's got one year left on his deal. I talked about them trading for J.J. Watt if he wasn't so expensive. They may end up cutting him and having, you know, having J.J. Watt be a free agent. Brian Cushing's long gone. They don't have any good players except for Laramie Tunsil. Like, they don't have – Will Fuller, Will Fuller's fine. You know, Brandon Cooks and Br- Randall Cobb are both journeymen at this point. Like, it would be beneficial, in my opinion, for Houston to trade Deshaun Watson. Like, just and hit I the said reset it, button. I said it almost a year ago. What? No, just hit the reset button. You know? Yeah, just start because you're in David Carr territory now. Like, if Deshaun Watson were to get hurt or something like that, and you have to withstand another year paying him all that money, and the reason why, and we'll tie this around to the Cardinals in a second, like, the reason why Deshaun Watson is tradable is because he didn't sign the $2 billion contract. Like, yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's only like $20 million more than Jared Goff's over four years, you know, it's not like this insurmountable contract that can't be, that can't be maneuvered around. And that's why I put on Twitter and we've talked about on the show a little bit that if the Cardinals could figure out a way to trade for Deshaun Watson, I would do it. I would do it a hundred percent. And it's not because I don't love Kyler Murray. Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray right now. That is just, right. That is just a fact. And he's not 30. He's 25 years old. So, yeah, he's expensive, but Kyler Murray's contract is going to be more expensive than that if they're going to re-sign him in a couple years from now. It's just the market just goes up unless the market corrects itself, which it never has. Well, I mean, So that's why I brought it up. Here's the thing. I mean, it's going to be the same contract, essentially. It's going to be larger as far as dollars, but as far as the impact on the salary cap, and we'll see what direction the salary cap goes during this COVID, after this COVID-19 season. If it's gonna, you know, it's it's risen each and every season for the last what two decades. Um, it, it's gonna as long as it's the same percentage that you have the window, and it might be shrinking by the day with Kyler Murray, but you at least have it with Deshaun Watson. It puts you in a tougher position because not only are you trading for Deshaun Watson, you're trading assets to acquire him, and then you acquire that salary that's already in place. You know, you might be scared of what that looks like with Kyler Murray, and there's still a lot of improvement that he needs to, you know, tap into. But you still have the luxury of that contract for at least two more to, you know, three more seasons. I just think that you have to take advantage of that because when I look at the progression, it's very similar. It's on par with Deshaun Watson. Why not? You've got Deshaun Watson a couple seasons ago. Why not take advantage of that contract? I just think you stay out of it. Um, uh, you stay out of those conversations, even if a team in your division that's lacking, you know, performance at the quarterback position could be eyeing Deshaun Watson. You you just can't. You, you don't play, you know, blocker for a guy for the 49ers potentially making a deal for Deshaun Watson. No matter how scary that gets, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's gonna it's got legs. It absolutely has legs. You know, Chris Mortensen tweeting out over the weekend, as Alex pointed out. Um, the Miami Dolphins tied to Sean Watson. 
Niners, anybody who has a void at quarterback or even anybody's questioning their quarterback position should be tied to Deshaun Watson. He's that impressive of a player. If you're the Texans, you don't let that type of player leave your locker room, in my opinion. You just don't. You don't. No matter how you know impressive the packages that could come in return, you've got that. You've got the most important position in all of sports figured out, and you've got just an absolute baller playing that position. Deshaun Watson. You know, you if it's not, you know, Will Fuller's a impending free agent. Let him walk. He, he wasn't the answer. You know, to uh, the solution for DeAndre Hopkins. He had a nice season. But he's not your number one guy. Let him walk. He's a complimentary piece. Let somebody like Jacksonville overpay him. I don't know. I just think Deshaun Watson, you know, he's going to be the headline of the NFL offseason. If the Texans are smart, they make him happy. They let him be very involved in this uh, coaching search after they kind of stumbled with the GM search and then just figure everything else out. I mean, and then the Cardinals... You bring in Deshaun Watson, you have DeAndre Hopkins in place already, and then you've got a player on the opposite side in Buda Baker. That's like your he plays the role of J.J. Watt. It's like you are the Houston Texans, and that was nice what they were able to do before the 2020 season. They were a playoff team, but there was a ceiling there. And with Steve Kime in place as GM, do you have the confidence that he's going to be able to take them? Like That wasn't the glass ceiling for the Texans. It, it was just they didn't have any talent surrounding those those superstars. It was very it's the simil, it's a similar situation. I think that you're just creating Houston West if you if you deal for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, maybe and yeah, you're right. I mean, it, all things considered, it's never going to happen. No, you know, uh, it's fun, it, but though. it's just something Dream that. Free. But it, it's not going to happen for the Cardinals. But that doesn't mean Deshaun Watson is not going to get traded for. I mean, it's it's. It would be doing the franchise like at this point is the uh, the are, are the pieces worth the sum of its parts yeah. worth more like is is I don't know if I use that correctly is Deshaun Watson keeping Deshaun Watson worth not having draft picks to build that team back up again. Yeah, let's get into that conversation. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, give us a follow on Twitter, at Locked On AZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner, and at Bob Rack. Let's continue the Deshaun Watson conversation. Plus, we'll also get into the NFC West. Was the division as solid as we thought it was? The Rams took care of business, taking out the Seahawks. And man, Seahawks are in rough shape going into the 2021 offseason. We'll tell you why as well. It's coming up here on Locked on Cardinals. It was an insane wild card weekend. If you saw that Browns beat down of the Pittsburgh Steelers coming and you bet on it, congratulations. You cashed in. Are you going to cash in next weekend? Here's the best place to do it, the most reliable place to do it for sure. That's betonline.ag. You got the Rams, seven-point dogs on the road at historic Green Bay, taking on the Packers. You got the Ravens, two-and-a-half-point dogs against the Buffalo Bills. Browns, ten-point dogs against the Chiefs. And the Saints, three-point favorites over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. If you want to place any of those bets, any of those intriguing you, go to betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, for your 50% welcome bonus. What's that mean? You sign up, you put $100 in your account, BetOnline.ag gives you an extra 50 bucks 
to play around with. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On for the to receive the fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. How do we continue to talk about Deshaun Watson when you've got a franchise quarterback in place for the Arizona Cardinals? One, you know, it's just intriguing. It's just a fun conversation to have. Uh, As Alex pointed out, it's not going to happen as far as the Cardinals being a legitimate contender for the quarterback services. The the passing yards leader, 4,800 in the 2020 season. But the San Francisco 49ers absolutely could become players for him. I mean, obviously they have the assets for it. The, the The Niners, I think, have 40 impending free agents um, this offseason. It's, it's absurd. It's just a it's a crazy amount of guys. Uh, I think that they could walk... I th- believe Jimmy G's contract is team-friendly enough to where there's not guaranteed dollars in place to where it would affect their salary cap. Uh, if they were to cut ties with the quarterback. And there are certainly teams out there, maybe even a return to New England could be in the cards for a guy like Jimmy G. So the Niners could make it work. If I'm if I'm a Cardinals fan, I it scares me the prospect of Deshaun Watson having to face him twice a season, but the cost to get Deshaun Watson could deplete what John Lynch has been known for and just kind of flooding that roster with young talent, what they've done the last couple seasons, uh, you know, they've got to do a lot of work this offseason to get back to where they were to finish the 2019 season. Look, getting Deshaun Watson is a great step in the right direction, but as we've seen with the Texans, it's not the only move you can make. I mean, you've got to surround him with talent. They've got it. You know, they've got Nick Bosa. They've got some good young receivers, but uh, they've got a lot of work to do. They've got to rework that defensive secondary. I mean, Deshaun Watson could very well come to the Niners, and this their defense could take a couple steps backwards, and he's you know back to where he was in Houston. Right. I mean, it's just it just shows. I mean, if there's some solace in the fact that you know the Cardinals are there's a lot of question marks on their roster. There's a lot of question marks on every NFL team's roster. It just depends on how those B minus players can keep the floor raised enough talent-wise to where you can compete. Like, obviously, with salary cap, like the Rams defense, for example, that we watched over the weekend. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, A-plus players. But then you have guys like Michael Brockers and Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd was, he was on a one-year deal. You know, after being drafted high in in the first round uh, coming out of college, he was kind of a disappointment in Chicago and then came over, and now he's been a force. Michael Brockers up the middle has been a force. The fact that you have those guys that make the offensive line keep honest somewhat with Aaron Donald, even though they double-team on every play, it's it's balanced, and the Cardinals don't have that. Like, Hassan Reddick was a great, a great story this season, and, you know, Devondre Campbell was fine, especially in the first half of the season. Jordan Hicks kind of regressed a little bit, especially in coverage, and with Chandler Jones out, it's like, it shows how weak they are at that position. Now, with Chandler Jones coming back, wouldn't it be nice to have a B or B-plus player alongside Chandler Jones to keep opposing offensive lines honest? Like, the Cardinals have never really had that with Chandler Jones there. Right. So, I mean, you had with Campbell for a while, but, I mean, it's just you need to allocate that B, B-minus talent and have it permeate your roster 
or you're going to be in trouble. And you can see what the Rams have done. And then with, as you mentioned, the defense with the 49ers, Fred Warner's all pro now. So they hit on that draft pick from the linebacker position. I mean, he's going to be like the Bobby Wagner of the 49ers. And then you have Nick Bosa and uh, you know Javon Kinlaw, who they drafted. I think they're really going to miss DeForest Buckner. But, you know, it did, like at least they have pieces up front. And the Cardinals, that's where the question marks lie. The Cardinals do have more question marks than most of the teams in the NFC West. I mean, I guess them in Seattle may have the same amount of question marks. But, like, it, it you can take solace in the fact that everybody – you know, rosters are continuously evolving in the NFL, and just the Cardinals, they're behind, but it may not, they may not be as behind as we think. Maybe we're just too close to the situation. I, I just, I actually feel pretty confident, you know, as far as just the Cardinals, sure, that they fell short. They fell, they blew a tremendous opportunity to make the postseason. Um, and, and that's, that's, you, you just can't avoid talking about that. That, that needs to be, the driving force of this offseason, but also that th- this is a team that's going to have the opportunity compared to the rest of their division foes because, you know, the Rams are still going to be saddled with Aaron Donald, Jared Goff, and Jalen Ramsey's contracts. And they're just going to have to figure ways out, you know, to surround those guys with enough talent. And sometimes you get lucky, like you mentioned, Leonard Floyd, Troy Hill uh, made a bunch of plays opposite Jalen Ramsey. Um, they were able to, uh, you know, just supplement that defense with some lucky moves in the offseason. And then you've got guys, you've got San Francisco that has to get healthier, and you know that they've got the young talent in place to get right back into the mix. But then they've got a lot of guys exiting that roster potentially via free agency. And then you look at the Seattle Seahawks, this was it. You know, this was supposed to be their season. You know, they came out of the gates hot, and but as far as what they've done... Like they don't have a first round pick. They've got like sixteen million dollars in cap space going into the offseason. Like the Cardinals are in a lot better shape than these other teams in their division, even though they've got, you know, some scary pieces in place. You know, it's up to Steve Kime to have the best offseason. You know, I know it, it only goes so far to win the offseason. But Steve Kime has to have a very one of his most productive off seasons. And the thing that makes me optimistic about it, Alex, is it it's an off season where there's a lot of known and proven commodities that could hit the free agent market. Like Steve Kime doesn't have to be, you know, the smartest guy in the room and find those those uh, diamonds in the rough. Like to to retool the passing game and to find a, a, a proven wide receiver. Like there's going to be a bunch of available. Like you can bring in a guy that you know can produce at the NFL level as a wide receiver in this league uh, and, and put him opposite Nook Hopkins that, you know, and, and you're going to have the ability that your, you know, division mates don't have because of the lack of cap space and what they they have to figure out before they even go out there and make any moves. So that that's one thing I'm, I'm kind of optimistic about this off season. It's locked on Cardinals, part of your locked on podcast network, your team every day. Let's real quick look at that, Rams victory over the Seahawks. Does it make the regular season finale loss for the Arizona Cardinals a little bit more bearable? We'll debate that real quick before we get out of here on a Monday edition of Locked on Cardinals. It's about that time in the new year where the holiday haze has subsided. You know what day of the week it is. You're putting pants on again and you're going to work. You're eating regular meals. 
and it's time to take your health seriously again, right? And the best way to do that, jumpstart things as far as your health, your fitness, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever. It's more new and improved than before. Built Bar is even more delicious, sir, if that's possible than even before. How's that possible? Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go along with the 12 original flavors that you know and love. And we know that Built Bar is equally as healthy as it is delicious. It's great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging with a Built Bar. Bars low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber, and great for the keto diet. Right now, go to the website, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's using the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. It was unbelievable to watch the Cleveland Browns just dismantle the Pittsburgh Steelers on in the final game of the Super Wild Card weekend. Just dominated them. I know Big Ben put up a bunch of you know scary numbers over 500 yards passing. He had the most completions I think in a regular season playoff game. Um, but the Browns took care of business. They were up 28 nothing by the end of the first quarter. I don't think Big Ben gets enough flack for being just a jerk. I, it was nice to just see him throw four picks, and just play horribly, even though he's able to kind of like manicure his his numbers by the end of that contest. But it was kind of fun to watch the Browns. That was a, That's a fan base that's been just uh, starving for a winner. And despite all the, uh, you know, their head coach out with COVID watching from his basement, they had seven of their 53-man roster on the shelf with COVID-19, uh, and they still took care of business. It's, it's something that if you're a Cardinals fan and you've been a struggling fan base in roster organization for so long, it uh, it should give you like, hey, that could be us one day. Yeah. I I mean, it's like, Bo, it, whenever we talk about other teams' success, it's like... <laughs> you know a little just, jelly? <laughs> no, well, no, it's not. I mean, it's so... I'm so numb to what success feels like. I have no idea what it feels like. Like, like we got a little taste of it earlier this year, but it's like when you are putting all of the power in the hands of a man who can't draft players, it just, I made extra negative today. I'm not exactly sure why. I mean, it's just like, it just kind of brings you back to earth. Like, yeah, Kyler Murray, great. DeAndre Hopkins, awesome. Uh, you know, Patrick Peters, maybe we'll resign him and Chandler Jones coming back. It's going to be great. It's like, well, they're going to get a first-round pick, and he's probably going to miss. Yeah. That's that's just the truth of the matter over the last better part of a decade for the Cardinals in the draft. Buda Baker, great. They traded up to get Buda Baker. Absolutely. He was like a first-round pick light. I think he was the first pick of the second round, second pick, something like that. He was top three, top five of the second round. When you look at... Case in point. He was 36 overall. That that was like uh 36? Four, yeah, that's four, so he was four, yeah. So third. Yeah. Fourth. Um when you look at I was actually looking at this earlier today. Um what John Dorsey has done cuz he much maligned uh with with Cleveland. But when he was with Kansas City and Cleveland just listen to this. These are what his he's who he's responsible for drafting. When he was with Kansas City and Cleveland, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Chris Jones, Marcus Peters, Eric Fisher, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, D. Ford, Demarcus Robinson, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, and traded for Alex Smith and Odell Beckham and signed Jarvis Landry. Yeah. 
That one guy drafted all of those players. And they're all stars. I mean, you know, Demarcus Robinson, fine, whatever. Everybody else is either all pro or perennial pro bowlers. All of them, Bo. All of them. Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield, D4, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Eric Fisher, Marcus Peters, Chris Jones, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. And they're not all first rounders. I mean, he had Eric Fisher, he had the number one overall pick. He took Eric Fisher. Patrick Mahomes, he traded up for 10. Chris Jones was a late first-round pick after the Cardinals drafted Robert Kimdiche. I think Chris Jones may have been a, an early second-round pick. Nick Chubb, second round. Like, Well, yeah, just look at your division. Look, Just look at the box score for the Rams and Seahawks. Just look at their, their, their key contributors. Goff, Wilson, Akers. Um, you've got DK Metcalf, Tyler Willockett, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, defensive side of the football, Aaron Donald, Bobby Wagner. All those guys, what do they have in common? They were drafted by the organization that they're that they're starring for. How many deep can you go with the Arizona Cardinals? You can go Larry Fitzgerald way long long time ago, a couple GMs and head coaches ago. But Kyler Murray, Buda Baker, Patrick Peterson, like who are the other impact makers? Who are the guys that you can consistently rely on week by week to make plays? Hassan Reddick. You couldn't rely on him before this season. Um, I, I can tell you this. Look, you, especially with where the Arizona Cardinals are now, Alex, as far as going from 8-8, eight and eight, the, the, it is going to be paramount for them to make the jump to find an impact maker in round one. Also, it is imperative that a guy like uh, Isaiah Simmons may, takes a monumental leap from year one to year two. Right, it's, and we can't say yet that he's that it's an incomplete. Sure. You know, it's an incomplete. It was a weird year, not even with the offseason. Everybody everybody had no offseason. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about with Chandler Jones going down early, everything changed. Everything changed. You know, I mean, it wasn't like if there that may mean he's going to regress next year if they continue to be boneheaded and put him in inside in the inside linebacker role. If they do that, then we're going to look we're going to look at a bustable conversation. But with Chandler Jones coming back, and if they, you know, franchise take on Reddick, you can have Isaiah Simmons be a pass rusher. You know, and, and if he's a pass rusher, then we can have a, it's going to be a completely different context for the conversation. So you got to kind of give him a pass this year just because there was so much up in the air when Chandler Jones went down. The thing that's that like it, it kind of when you talk about Isaiah Simmons and say, yeah, we can just make him a pass rusher. That's not why they drafted him eighth overall, though. You know that they took him because of his elite versatility. I just, you know, I, it'd be fine if I mean, if, look, if he turned out to be Hassan Reddick, that should be something to be celebrated, right? If he can get double digit sacks, that's something that they don't they don't grow on trees. They're being it's easier to find, but that's not you, you found an impact maker of sorts, but you drafted him for his elite versatility, and if you don't get that. Then it was a misdiagnosis. It was bad scouting, you know, and that needs to be taken into the conversation. This is going to be a conversation that's going to be had all off season. And sixteenth overall, that is a I I we we got to look up the you know the hit rate, the batting average for any GM in that spot because I can't imagine it's it's that high a success because you know you could look at if you're going best player available. Um, you know, when you look at the positions that they're going to want to try to uh, bring in, is it corner? Is it wide receiver? Is it 
maybe a pass rusher if they don't bring back Hassan Reddick. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, and the confidence level still is uh, its not good as far as the general manager making the decision. Right. And I remember right before they drafted, I think I was doing the podcast alone. So I don't know if you were with me. Maybe it was the first year when they drafted Hassan Reddick. Um, I looked up the last 10 years, the players that went 13 overall, and there were like eight of them were pro bowlers. So just because it's 16 doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of crap shooting. You take away, it's like doing a fantasy football draft. It's like you can just remove, you know, I don't know, 80% of the top, top prospects for potentially dropping down to you. 90% maybe if you're the 16th pick. But there is that crop of where you win your fantasy football league is usually that second and third round. And obviously the crap shoots later on, eighth, ninth, if you can hit on a rookie or something. But it's the texture of the second and third round of a fantasy football draft where it's like, if you hit one, two, three, you have a really good chance of winning your league. And this is kind of like a second round fantasy football pick at 16 where it's like, you're not going to get you know, whoever, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. But if you can get Aaron Jones there, you can still build your your team around that. Right. With the fantasy football comparison. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. When when the Cardinals have been drafting in that spot during the Steve Kymera, it's not good. When they were 15, they traded up to 10. They took Josh Rosen. When they were, that wasn't, a, that wasn't ideal. When they were drafting 13th, they took Hassan Reddick, and it took him – four seasons or it took him three seasons to figure it out. So, you know, when they're drafting in the twenties, you know, probably a little higher batting average when they're drafting in the top 10, I think he's like one for two with Kyler Murray. And then Jonathan Cooper was a bust. It's just, he doesn't have a good batting average. And at this point, and we talk about that window and Kyler Murray's contract, you can't have red shirt seasons for your first round pick. You need impact makers. And uh, we're going to identify who we think that the Arizona Cardinals should be targeting as far as the 16th overall pick. Should they trade up? Should they be aggressive in the draft? Uh, And, of course, we'll be looking at free agent targets. It's the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Uh, It's going to be a fun offseason. I guarantee you that. There's going to be lots of uh, conversations like this. We'll try not to just beat you over the head of our, you know, the skepticism as far as Steve Kime goes. Look, he's the guy that's in place. He's going to continue to be the guy in place for this organization. Um, it's just, we're just asking hopefully him to, to learn from his mistakes. We haven't seen that so far, um, as we had another first round pick that didn't make an impact in his, in his first season, but we'll get into the conversation and some of the guys that we're targeting. It's been fun. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. It's locked on Cardinals. Hit us up whenever you want on Twitter at, at Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner and at locked on AZ cards. Have a great rest of your Monday.